Beyond Synth 380. You're listening to Beyond Synth Radio. B008.5. Coming up, Andy Last interviews the best artists in Synthwave. Beyond Synth is next. Welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth. On the show today, I'm going to be chatting with Michael Weber, and we are going to go to that in just a second. To be honest with you, I have nothing to say. I'm just still fat on Halloween candy. It snowed here for Halloween, so that was nonsense. It just snowed for those two days. It snowed on the day before Halloween and Halloween, and then it got warmer. I feel bad because I took my daughter out trick-or-treating and she was cold, but uh, hey, man, we got a sweet haul of candy. Pillowcase full. Anyway, look, I got nothing to say, so let's go uh, chat with Michael Weber. We'll listen to one of his songs first, and uh, I should say, if you enjoy the program, please consider supporting Beyond Synth on Patreon, patreon.com slash beyondsynth, or if you go to beyondsynth.com, there's also a PayPal button there. It's the cool thing to do this holiday season. It was just my birthday, and I'm trying to buy a gold boat. Anyway, let's listen to this. This is Michael Weber from his album Emotional Investments, and uh, this is a cool song. This is A Blessing in Disguise, and when the song is finished, I will be in conversation with Michael. So this is uh, A Blessing in Disguise by Michael Weber.
All right. Well, I'm here now with Michael Weber. How's it going, man? Oh, it's going pretty good, man. Just uh, chilling. It's been a really cold, kind of rainy day here. Yeah, we've had some fucking shit weather. It's been weird. Over here, I mean, I know you're on a different coast than I am. We had just Halloween uh, two days ago, and it fucking... No, it was yesterday. No, it wasn't. What's today? Today's the second. Second, yeah, it was two days... Three days ago? Anyway, the point is, uh, yeah, the day before Halloween, it fucking rained. No, it snowed. It started snowing, and then it snowed, and we actually almost... It was like half a foot of snow or whatever that we got. And I know it snows here. It's Canada and blah, blah, blah. But for Halloween, that's weird. That seems so early. Yeah. Yeah, that seems way too early. No, it's fucked. I I took my daughter out, and like she got like snow in her boots. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Dude, that's crazy. uh, Whatever. We still got no, some yeah, candy. it's been getting freaking super cold here the past couple weeks, which is scaring me because uh, usually in Seattle here we don't get very like crazy winter weather. I feel like there's always like one week out of the whole year, um, usually somewhere from like December to January, it'll snow like all week long, and then that's all we get. And every time it does that, we have a snowpocalypse here. Like it could be literally, it could snow an inch, and and that inch will stay there for a week or whatever. Let's say everybody will go to the store. And they'll buy all the bread, all the toilet paper, all the potato chips, like literally everything you can think of buying. Every single grocery store will be empty. It's it's freaking insane. <laughs> I love now that like everything has to have like apocalypse on the end of it. Yeah. They used to do that when I lived in Toronto. And every time the storm was coming, they always wanted to be prepared because weather people, they feel bad whenever they don't call something and then a fucking tornado rips through. So now like every time there's just a hint of a storm, they always like build it up like it's going to be a crazy thing. So I guess they don't look like assholes if something bad happens. Mm-hmm. So they would always do this. They would start announcing snow apocalypses all the time. And like, it wasn't always one, you know? So that we sit like, oh, we got to leave early for this trip because there's going to be a fucking snow apocalypse. And then like, there's like a light dusting and it's like, yeah. fuck you guys, like snow apocalypse. <laughs> and then of course we had these crazy ice storms that nobody knows is coming. Yeah. And then all of a sudden everyone's just fucking frozen to the road and the cars are flying all Dude, over the place. Yeah. And it's like, no one fucking said anything about that. Dude, yeah. I remember last year, uh, we, we, um, had a, an ice apocalypse. <laughs> and it freaking, uh, it fucking, um, it snowed. I remember it was like, it was like around New Year's, I want to say. And it was like, it snowed, I want to say like on a Friday or something. I don't know. It felt, it felt like a weekend. But I know it snowed. And then the next day it did freezing rain. And like, so there was a sheet of ice over everything. Everything was fucking frozen. It was crazy. I know you can even look it up on YouTube. But like, people still decided to like go, oh, I'm going to go outside today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go try to run my errands. There's like videos of people on their hands and knees trying to crawl up the fucking sidewalk. <laughs> in Seattle, and then and then they can't do it because they're like sliding and falling on their ass and shit. And <laughs> just watching the cars too, try to attempt it. I remember I like just looked outside. I opened my front door. And I was like, I'm calling out of work. I'm not going in. Yeah, it's not worth it. No, to be a hero for no reason. Then because even if you do go to work, depending on what kind of job you have, like if, if you're in yeah. like service and like. No one goes to the restaurant because yeah. no one's there. So then you're just like, why did I yeah. fucking come here? You know, like it sucks. That's the biggest concern now. It's just because the weather just keeps fluctuating. Yeah. You know, even where I am, which is just sort of like near Toronto, like, yeah, we, you know, it's Canada and it's cold and we get winter. But now it's like you get snow for two weeks and all of a sudden there's a week where it goes positive and then it warms up. Then that snow melts and then it freezes the next day. And then like all the yeah. fucking power lines look like Mr. Freeze, like shot his freeze gun on everything <laughs> where like everything's got the icicles hanging off him. Yeah, that's funny. Anyway, listen, let's talk about Michael Weber, who likes to make business wave. Yeah. As they say in like, I think it's the Wolf of Wall Street movie. They say, uh, 
thinks the Swiss banker, he's like, uh, you know, 10 minutes of like blah, blah, blah bullshit before you get to business, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, this, this show is usually just an hour of bullshit. Yeah. And then the very end, I ask a question that like actually means something because the comments, they're all the same. You know, it's, mm-hmm. they just uh, complain at me because I, uh, I'm not good at interviewing people. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, you're, you're amazing, dude. Anyway, look, listen. How about this? Let's get this thing started. We're going to talk about music. We just started this conversation talking about the weather, the most cliche thing to talk about with someone you've just met and the audience is yeah. mad at me. <laughs> so how about this? We're going to go back in time here to, to 2017 and you put out a thing called Executive Suites. Yeah. We're going to talk about Business Wave. We're going to do all this, but we're going to listen to a track. So I want to listen to, uh, is it Start Dialing? Yeah. So let's listen to that. And then when we come back, we'll keep talking with Michael Weber. This is Start Dialing.
And that was Star Dialing by Michael Weber from Executive Suites 2017. I'm here with Michael Weber right now. Hi. Talking about the weather. Howdy. (laughs) So, what's the deal, man? How'd you get into the synth wave? Well, my mom is like a big influence. She obviously grew me up on just like anything 80s. You know, she fucking eat, sleep, and shit 80s all through me. You know, it's just (laughs) anything 80s. Movies, cars, music especially. But anyways, I remember back when I was a kid, probably like 2002, 2003, we never had internet in my house. It was just too expensive. And what we would do is we'd actually go to the local library and they would offer, you know, two free hours a day or whatever to use their computer. So I'd sit there and fucking play RuneScape all goddamn day (laughs) and go to cartoonnetwork.com and play all their mini games and then um i would always be like researching trying to read articles about music and musicians and stuff like that because i've always loved music this went on for like several years i'm pretty sure it was 2006 you know i'm on the fucking computer and i'm just playing runescape and looking at articles on music and then i discovered daft punk is going on tour the next following year and i'm like oh shit so I told my mom, like, hey, let's go fucking go see Daft Punk next year, you know, for their live 2007 tour. She was like, oh, yeah, I love Daft Punk. You know, she she likes them. And um, we literally went to a Ticketmaster location and like we walked up and I was like, oh, I can't get tickets for this. And she was like, and then the dude was like, oh, sorry, that show sold out. And I'm like, fuck. So I was like so devastated. And so for the next year till that show happened, I kept every day trying to find news articles or just read about Daft Punk and, and you know. Learn more about them, about them. I was so obsessed with them. And then they finally released the opening acts for Daft Punk for their tour. And it showed the Seattle show at Wamu Theater was actually going to be Kavinsky was one of the openers. I first saw that flyer online and I was like, oh shit, who's Cabin Sky? Nice. That's what I would say forever. I kept saying Cabin Sky until like later in high school, I was listening to Kavinsky in a car and I was showing my buddy and I was like, oh, you probably really like this, you know? This is Cabin Sky. And he's like, it's fucking Kavinsky, you idiot. And he's like, I've never heard this artist, but I could tell you like you're pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> it just made me feel like an absolute idiot for it. And I was like, fuck. And then it just kind of went down the rabbit hole with that. Like, I was like, oh, who's Kavinsky? And, you know, next thing I'm on iTunes, I'm buying his music. And I'm like, this just reminds me of something 80s-esque, but not really at the same time. Like, more futuristic 80s. I don't know. For the time, it was pretty insane to me, you know. And and um, and then a few years later in high school, I'm on YouTube and I'm listening to Kavinsky. And then that's when I discovered New Retrowave because it was like that you may also like dot, 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 you know, this song or, or, or video. And it was Miami Nights 1984. And I clicked in it. That opened me up to new retro wave. You know, there was like 10, 15 videos when I discovered it. And I was like, oh, this is cool. This must be the genre name. So I was calling it new retro wave forever. And then it just, like I said, just rabbit holes from there. It just grew and grew and grew and grew on how I got into synthwave. And then as far as producing, I've always been a musician always been um, really interested in music actually my band teacher in middle school told me that I would never be successful in music no joke he was a fucking asshole but anyways <laughs> I uh, just always been interested in music did guitar lessons did drum lessons stuff like that I actually got sick one year because I was doing MMA and I got really sick after um, my first amateur MMA match and I was like just to kill time I was like oh, I'm gonna try to figure out how to make synth wave. And I watched like Time Cop's video on how to make synthwave and then just another rabbit hole. Just couldn't stop trying to work on this, make it better. Did someone cough in your face while you were wrestling? What, what, what happened? Oh, dude, I got tonsillitis right before my fight. It was like a couple weeks before. I even fought too with tonsillitis, which was pretty nuts. I was in so much pain, but I, I did it. Yeah, and then I had to get my tonsils ripped out like a few months later. That was like, yeah, that was no fun. 
I'm so glad that's over with. Wait, so you have like a cool mom? Yeah, my mom's freaking pretty rad. Do you have a young mom? Are you a young man? I just turned 30, actually. Okay, well, that's okay. Yeah. See, my, my parents are old, so I just, when I when I hear someone tell a story of like, hey, I'm going to go to a show with my mom, I'm just like, oh, he's got a cool young mom, because like, yeah. you know, if I saw some <laughs> band, I yeah. was like, I'm not going with my dad, like, what the fuck? Yeah. No, yeah, uh, yeah, she always <laughs> take me to shows, yeah, like we went to Green Day in 2005 when they were at like their prime they're like biggest they would ever probably ever be you know and um, she took me to that and that was pretty nuts it's fucking insane <laughs> well that's fun that's cool to have good yeah. relationships with your parents i just fight with my mom all the time so it's nice to hear that some people get along with theirs that's funny no yeah we, we definitely butt heads here and there but we're pretty civil you know care about each other etc yeah <laughs> oh, you, fucking michael loves his mommy <laughs> i mean like you know I got, I got i got a funny story so like i'm a pretty i i, I will say that i'm a pretty genuinely nice caring individual empathetic mm. you know and i never get angry i'll be so honest and you'll never ever hear me get angry or anything but there's only two times in my life i can ever recall when i was like blood red pissed and um one of them was that when I was, I was at my mom and, um, I can't remember any reason why. All I remember was that I threw a fucking vacuum at her and I was like, <laughs> probably like six or six or seven, you know? But then like, you know, thankfully we have this relationship where like 30 minutes later, she's just like, who the fuck throws a vacuum? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know. We sound like you're a tough kid. Wait, are you like a big guy? I'm uh six three. I, I wouldn't say I'm fat, but I'm definitely got some meat on my bones. Yeah, it's the six three thing. Cause, well, see, I'm like, a, like five nine, right? So you'd be one of those dudes who would like tower over me. Yeah, I'm thick with three C's. Well, hey man, that's the that's the <laughs> way to be. You know, that's the kind of ladies I like and the kind of men I like. Ooh, Look, yeah. <laughs> let's listen to uh, another song and then we'll keep chatting. So we're gonna move ahead here. Awesome. I basically just sort of picked a track that I liked from each of your sort of releases. So we're we're still in 2017. He released a little EP called Office Life, and uh, this was a track I dug. This is Last Minute Advice.
And that was Last Minute Advice by Michael Weber from the Office Life EP. And I'm back with Michael Weber. We're talking about throwing vacuums. We're talking about MMA and drum lessons, Kevin Sky and some other stuff. <laughs> Wait, so, so was MMA just a thing you just sort of went into because you're just a big dude? Was that like, well, I got to uh, fucking crush no. some dudes or something? So I'm definitely, uh, the correct term now is probably neurodivergent to say, but everybody tells me I'm like, and I, I feel it too. I've gotten a lot better at it, but I feel like people tell me that like, I've had a few friends been like, I think you're autistic, Mike. And I'm like, yeah, I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel it. (laughs) There's something. Yeah, I can feel the tism. And like Mm. one of my best friends, actually, Zach, he's diagnosed. And he has even given me the proof of like, yeah, I can sense it on your mic. Like there's something. But anyways, being undiagnosed, one of the, you know, the big traits of being neurodivergent with a lot of neurodivergent people is we, um, what's it called? It's like hyper... Uh, fixation? Fixation. There we go. Yeah, we are really obsessed with shit. And I do that. I get like so fucking into things. I used to be a lot worse with it. It's like kind of like, you know, knowing when to stop talking sometimes and social cues. My grandpa is, he, he's actually got Asperger's and he, he doesn't know when to stop talking, which is quite interesting to, to see. I used to be like that, but I've learned like, okay, I should probably stop talking to this person. <laughs> Walk away. <laughs> yeah, you kind of you get it. But going back to hyperfixation, yeah, I used to be really into uh, martial arts when I was a kid and I did Taekwondo for a long time. As I got older, I got back into doing Taekwondo and Jiu-Jitsu. And then I thought to myself like, oh, I should probably... I should probably give MMA a try. I'm this kind of person. I always like to give something a try once. And if I like it, I like it. You know, if I don't like it, then I know. And it actually was a pretty cool moment because I, even just doing that one MMA match, several people that came up to me like, you know, like, damn, Mike, that was pretty nuts. Like, I would never dare to walk into a fucking MMA ring. <laughs> you know, it's just terrifying to them. And I'm like, yeah. I thought I'd just do it once, just give it a try. I don't think I'd ever do it again, but it but it was fun. Wait, well, hold, hold on. You just went in to just fight a guy, or you were doing MMA and training, or was it just like, oh, I'll just fucking take on some dude? Yeah, I was training, yeah, so I did Taekwondo and Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, oh that's right, that's right. So, so MMA is mixed martial arts, so you went in there with the Taekwondo yeah. and Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, and then usually you find like a, um, oh, what's the word, like a... I think it's like a promoter, or they—it's kind of like music promotion in a way too. But there's fight promotion promoters hmm. that put on fights, and they think they help sanction fights. You know, L- you know, legally, obviously, and you have to go get a, a license actually. And I, oh, I got boo! My- this shit wasn't underground. No, boo! <laughs> yeah, no fight club. But um, <laughs> and you find just a promoter, and you contact them, and then they have obviously a whole what's that fucking business thing that you flip through Rolodex? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> hey man, you're the business wave guy. Yeah. You should be telling me about this shit. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> they have a whole fucking list of contacts, you know, of like heavyweight fighters, lightweight, featherweight, whatever weight fucking, you know. Yeah. You just contact them and they're like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll look for a fighter for you. And then I remember he reached back to me and was like, oh, I got this guy. He's interested. I'm like, okay, let's do it. And then you got tonsillitis. Yeah, I got tonsillitis like two weeks before my match. It was nuts. And I still did the match, which was pretty tough we just had to be on uh medicine yeah actually i lost the match but you can still find the fight video too on youtube what yeah you can probably dig for it like were you just fighting as michael weber or did you have like a name like the iron dynamo or something <laughs> yeah totally no i fought as michael weber um that's my legal name if i type in mma michael weber you're telling me i'm gonna find something most likely let's see now keep in mind that the fucking youtube algorithm 
sucks now, and I don't know what the fuck they did. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Dude, like, what what do they do? Like, now literally I type something into YouTube, and then maybe, like, the first video that pops up sort of relates to my search, and then the rest of it just doesn't. Yeah. It's like, I don't even understand what their fucking search is doing anymore. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that either. Uh, Amazon's a little bit the same way for me lately, too. Like, I'll type in, like, toilet paper, you know, let's say, and, and then it'll give me, like, the first option is always a sponsored option of toilet paper, and then the third option's like something else that's not related to toilet paper. It's like, what the fuck? Okay, hold on here. Uh, Needham versus Weber? Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's Heavyweight yeah, MMA bout. Okay, I'm yeah. watching it now. <laughs> it's so cringe for me to watch. I can't watch it anymore. You still rocking the, the undercut or what? No. My hair's long now. <laughs> He's like punching you in the head and stuff. So you were doing this with tonsillitis? Yeah, dude, I was so sick for that. Yeah, oh, that I, sucks. I, I wonder if forget that, yeah. And then I remember he got me on the ground and got me to, I think it's called a Chimera or Americano. I can't remember the holds. But is, that, the, is, that, is that the word for getting punched in the head multiple times? No, no, no. <laughs> punching you in the head. I just trying to remember the grapple name. There's a, there's a way when you twist someone's arm. It's either Chimera or Americano. I can't remember. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's been a while. Well, it's pretty crazy that you did this, man. That's this would. Uh, I can I can say the exact same thing your friend said to you, which is just like, whoa, dude, like yeah. what the fuck. Yeah, I had one friend, he's like extremely ripped and he like came up to me and was like, yeah, I would never do that. <laughs> he's like, I would never get in there. And I'm like, really? You're like, you could like fight everybody in this room. <laughs> so this was in 2015. Oh, damn. That's almost 10 years ago. That's crazy. That is crazy. But you're feeling better now. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. The tonsillitis is gone. Oh yeah, they they took those fuckers out, dude. I don't snore anymore. I feel so much better about myself. It's it's great. Taking out tonsils gets rid of snoring. It did for me, at least. I think because it, it gets pretty close to closing up your airways. The bigger they get, ah. uh, so it, like it the, it does some sort of like turbulent thing with the air with your throat and your tonsils. But dude, when they took those fuckers out, they literally <laughs> they showed they like I was like sitting there like just all high in my freaking operation table, whatever, mm-hmm. and they showed me them. I mean, they literally looked like fuck testicles they're crazy yeah i was like what the fuck were they also like hey what's uh wrong with your head because you'd just been like punched no because you would have got them removed after the fight right yeah i got removed after the fight but it wasn't like immediate you know i feel like american healthcare system they like to take their time on things so (laughs) i think i got them removed three months later i mean to be fair i know when people say just go like oh in canada the fucking healthcare but like we wait for things (laughs) Like, there's a lot of waiting. There's a lot of waiting here, too. People don't realize that, but... That's the one thing that always surprises me, is because when everyone goes like, yeah, but when you pay for it, you get better stuff than these shitty Canadian ones, but then I find out that you guys are waiting for shit, too, so it's like... (laughs) No, yeah, people always want to get so political. No, we wait for shit here, too. Uh, Shit, I waited fucking, like... 15 minutes for my KFC today. <laughs> <laughs> they're Only like, oh, in America. Always the Taco Bell KFC. They're like, oh, can you pull around, you know, to spot number one? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? All I got was a steak, fucking grilled cheese burrito, and nacho fries. And I'm, I'm the only one in the drive-thru, too. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, what are you guys doing in there? Like, <laughs> Um, look, we'll talk more about KFC, but first we got to listen to some more music. So we're going to, um, we're going to move ahead here to back in business. In 2018, you had a bunch of collabs on this one. So I dug this one featuring Ultra Boss, who I'm assuming is the one shredding on this. Correct. And this is, uh, this is a loss of sale.
Wade, and that was Loss of Sale by Michael Weber featuring Ultra Boss from the Back in Business album 2018. We're talking about MMA, we're talking about KFC, getting mad at our moms, asshole band teachers. What else? Um, waiting in line for KFC Taco Bell. <laughs> you know, I've never eaten a Taco Bell. Are you fucking kidding me? No. Dude, I will FedEx <laughs> next day air some Taco Bell to you right now. <laughs> mm. I mean, I think I have one nearby. To be honest, I live in a small town now, and so whenever I get out to the bigger town that has all the fast food stuff, mm-hmm. I don't like experiment. I get what I like. Oh, dude. And what I like is Wendy's, yeah. and so I get my fucking Wendy's. I don't fuck around. I don't go like, maybe this time I'll try fucking you know, A&W or whatever. I'm saying, no, no, no. Dude, that Dave's Biggie Bag fucking slaps. uh, you guys do get some different stuff so i I will see sometimes like there'll be some special specialty burger in like the states and in canada like they don't yeah dude i was pissed wendy's i don't know about in canada but here they had the um pretzel chicken sandwich and burger it was so fucking good pretzel bun chicken (laughs) it was like some pub burger Mm. so fucking good then they changed it recently to this new one it's like nacho burger or chicken sandwich it's fucking disgusting bring it back yeah i don't get when uh, (laughs) fast food places don't just keep a cool thing yeah so freaking good since i'm in canada so we have lots of tim hortons and i usually go to tim hortons about once a day but the tim hortons it's in my town because there's basically one station like every 50 feet in this province is uh, they don't serve the donut i like See, I like the fucking toasted coconut donut, which is like a chocolate donut with coconut sprinkles on it. Oh, wow. And it's like every other Tim Hortons in this area has it except the one that's in my town, and they don't stock it. I even, like, talk to some of the people. I'm just like, who owns this fucking place? And they, like, said his name. Like, well, like, why come you guys don't stock the donut? Like, there's the Tim Horton kiosks in the fucking uh, (laughs) lumber stores, you know, like the, or the Rona or the fucking whatever, play Home Depot. You know, sometimes those places will have a little kiosk for, like, a coffee place. Yeah. And uh, even those little ones, they're, like, fucking one shelf and a lady, and even they will have that fucking donut, but not my town. Dude, I feel that same way, so I'm I'm a chef for living obviously and um there's like two grocery stores in my town next to each other there's a there's a fred myers and a safeway they're like a hundred feet from each other i swear to god and i don't ever understand this but like one carries all these plethora of mushrooms and the other one doesn't and it's like it's kind of annoying so like i feel you because i'd rather <laughs> shop at this other store that's cl- just like hair closer and have have the same option but I, it's, it's stupid so then you have to go get the fucking mushrooms what are you doing with the mushrooms i'm pretty obsessed with making ramen I make ramen like weekly, mm. usually from scratch, noodles, stock, everything. And usually I have a, a shiitake mushroom stock I make out of all these veggies, and uh, it's pretty dank. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's cool. What's so what's what, you're a chef? Yeah, uh, specifically a sushi chef. Were you always a chef and then became a sushi chef, or did you start as a sushi chef? My culinary career, about four years ago, I used to actually be in the automotive world. I started washing out cars cleaning them you know mm. and then moved up to lube teching moved into parts and then moved into sales and then i got into sales and i just was like i got really tired of it i was like i'm gonna move on to something better i want to figure out who i am and what i would you know figure out my career mm. obviously i love music but i don't ever treat music as a career it's my hobby it's like my diary you know it's, it's kind of like uh, quentin tarantino and he said like something along the lines of like i make movies for myself and you're all invited to watch it's kind of the same thing with music for me. It's like, I, you know, I make my music for me. Mm. Um, you're all invited to listen. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, I don't care. You know, it's just, it's for fun. So I was going through careers. I, I, as I left the automotive field, I decided I always like cooking. 
I thought I was I thought I was pretty good at cooking. <laughs> and then I actually enrolled in uh into culinary school in 2021 and 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 that kind of kicked my ass. I was like I'm not good at cooking. And now I feel like I'm pretty fucking good at cooking. You tell me to make a hollandaise, I'll make you a hollandaise, you know? It's like I wish I had that power, dude. Yeah. I am like basically the guy who makes the dinners in the house. Ooh. But I'm not like a good cook necessarily. Like I'm an okay, but like not good. Mm-hmm. But uh I just got an air fryer, which is all very exciting because for the past fucking 3 weeks I've used this thing every day. Air fryers are cool. I don't know if I get bored or whatever, but you know, when you have to use an oven, there's all these sort of things you got to do. Yeah. And so I understand that an air fryer is just a little tiny oven like on your counter, but it, yeah. it really makes things easier because like, then I don't have to like worry about the preheating and putting on gloves and shit. Cause I got the, you know, it's got like a handle from making chicken fingers. You just fucking shake it and yeah. press play and put it back in. And it like, yeah. not that I'm making good food, but it means now that I've become like a short order cook for my family because like everybody all the kids want different stuff mm-hmm. and, and my wife and i and stuff and so like i'm i got like one basket cooking a burger for my son you know what i mean and i got like hot dogs over here and i got the other basket doing some fucking potatoes <laughs> yeah, like 20 fucking air fryers just going well i got one with two baskets oh that's sick. i got the ninja foodie it's got two dude that's sick so like yeah the left basket i can be doing the burger in and then the right basket i'm doing like chicken fingers in or whatever because before i would be like if i was like frying sausages like i try and multitask yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'll do dishes yeah. while I'm cooking. <laughs> and then I just end up burning things. And when I run back to the fucking yeah. frying pan, I'm getting sprayed with yeah. oil from the fucking sausages. And I stick a knife in one and like hot liquid shoots out of it like yeah. a spray. Yeah. That's one interesting thing about air fryers. I, I like them. I think they're very convenient and cool to use. The one thing I hate about ovens is no two ovens are the fucking same. Mm. I feel every oven is different. If you, if you go over to a friend's house and you try to cook a cake in, in their oven, it's, it just doesn't come out the same as you did at home. Yeah. It's bullshit. I hate that. Well, that's the thing, too, <laughs> that, that bothers me because since I'm not good at cooking, yeah. I want to be good at it, but I don't want to put in the time. And I recognize that that's a problem because what I should be doing is writing down my experiments. Like, just like, okay, yeah. you put the oven to fucking 350, you put the thing in, you know, write down how long I cooked it for. So then I know, oh shit, 20 minutes is too long. It burnt next time. Don't do that. Yeah. But I don't. Oh. And then I literally forget what I did. So I often like repeat my mistakes. Like, I'll just make the same mistake again. Like, the next time I cook the thing, it's like, this is the fucking same thing I did last time. I fucking burnt the onions. And <laughs> it's like I'm like, just an yeah, idiot. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I'm very thankful of with uh, culinary school. I've learned a lot about basically like how to get things not so hot so you burn it, but like hot enough. I don't know. It's it's really been an interesting experience. I feel like, dude, give me anything to cook and I'll, I, I swear to God, I'll cook it fucking perfect for you every time. Like that goes back to neurodivergency. I'm hyper fixated now on cooking. Mm-hmm. That's all I care about lately. Well, that sounds awesome. Yeah. No, honestly, like that's a skill I wish I had because yeah. I'm never going to put in the time, so it's always going to be a thing. I'm always going to be annoyed at myself. Yeah. I get um, overwhelmed when I don't have the exact ingredients I need to do a thing, mm-hmm. and I don't have the knowledge to improvise. Yeah. So if I open the fridge and like, I oh, I make you know sausages and rice with a side of veggies for dinner, and I open up the fridge and like the veggies aren't there, yeah. then I'm just sort of like, uh, uh, uh but I need <laughs> those three things, uh, and then like I fucking shut down, and then yeah. I, if I had the smarts or if 
I had the the education to go like, well, if you take an apple and fucking fry it in honey, it's like a good side with a fucking potato or whatever, you know. Then, mm-hmm. but I can't. My brain doesn't do that. Yeah, if I'm ever in Toronto, I'll cook you dinner. Well, I'll have to fucking drive to Toronto. I, I, <laughs> I live like several hours away now. Oh, you do? Oh, sorry. I thought, I thought you said you lived in Toronto. I did. I did. Like I lived there oh, for a long time, but um, oh shit, I'm back in my my hometown, which is a little a little tiny town where the Tim Hortons doesn't serve the donut I like. Motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I want to hear more about cooking because that's uh, it's exciting to me when people go and yeah. do a cool career, like you know, later on and figure out who they are. I think that's cool. Yeah. But first, I would like to move ahead to 2019 to emotional investments. Cool. And uh, I think I played this track on the show before, but it's a cool track. It's called Withered Roses by Michael Weber.
And that was Withered Roses by Michael Weber from Emotional Investments. I'm here with Michael Weber right now. He got control of his life. He went to culinary school at the age of, wait, 2021. Yeah, I was 27, I think, when I started. That's interesting to me. So then, because this is like in pandemic time, right? So like, how does that work in cooking school? Like, Yeah, obviously 2020, like everything was shut down. All the campuses for every single college in America, everywhere in the world was closed. But fall 2021, camp, most campuses were, were back open, not fully, but the college I went to, they opened fully for, at least for culinary, because I know there were some people in the class too that were... Uh, they were there during COVID and they like couldn't even come in. They had to do everything through Zoom. And that's pretty sad because it's like, how do you learn how to cook through Zoom? You know? Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking just because I feel like with culinary school, like you kind of got to be in that kitchen, don't you? Yeah. I won't forget it because every day you got there, you had to go on your phone and go to this college's website and send in a, a like a health check thing to let you, them know that you don't have a headache, you don't have a fever, you don't have, you know. Yeah. And then they eventually lifted that because, you know, obviously things have gotten better than God. Okay, so the bottom line is though, like once you did all the stupid things, like when you went in, it was a normal class or did they like separate all the sinks with like fucking plastic shit or something? Or No, yeah, when I went in, it was pretty much, it was pretty much normal, just we were all masked up. You yeah, know? yeah. To be honest with you, I don't mind if my chef is wearing a mask, <laughs> if they're going to be like yeah. coughing into my bread. I, I think about that too, like especially in the food business, a lot of people are, you know, obviously, yeah, we're all breathing all over your food when we're making it, to be honest. Mm. Not like in intentionally but like if you think about it you were staying there breathing on people's food not intentionally though you know like i think it would be appropriate for chefs in general and cooks to wear masks when they're making food because it would just it seemed like it would be something that would help with you know spreading illness yeah <laughs> no i'm I, like i'm fine with it yeah i like wear gloves fucking wear a mask fucking uh, yeah. don't don't jizz in my food or whatever chefs no do. Yeah, oh dude there was this uh <laughs> Taco, there's this fucking taco place that I went to one time, and the cook there, I saw him, he was wearing gloves, and he washed his hands with the gloves on. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> That's like a big no-no. You don't do that. Does it, like, disintegrate the glove, or does it just smear the fucking... Uh, yeah, usually, like, soap degrades it, yeah, like, breaks it down. Ah. But two, gloves are intended to be for, like, single use, you know? Right. And only when handling certain things and it's a big cross-contamination potential sure, because like sure, sure. let's say he has those gloves on and he touches raw chicken and then he goes over the sink washes his hands with those freaking gloves on and he doesn't do a good job you know and now he's back touching ready to eat food yeah he could like make somebody sick potentially um whereas where gloves plan is like you know I put those gloves on, you know, they're sterile. You touch your raw chicken, you take them off, you throw them away, you put new gloves on. Now there's nearly no chance you're going to get somebody sick if you go touch something else that's cooked, you know? So it's just like seeing that. It's like, oh my God, like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> this is a dumb question, but do you have a favorite stuff to make? Like when you were done your learning, were you like, <laughs> now I'm real good at making fucking Alfredo? <laughs> I'm really good at opening that fucking Campbell's soup and putting it in <laughs> no, I'm joking um, obviously ramen is something I'm, I'm obsessed with I didn't learn it in, in school I learned it mostly through watching videos but I would say school helped me with making ramen mainly because my favorite class in culinary school was soup and sauce production class and you learn all about the mother sauces all about stock production mother sauce do you not know what a mother sauce is I don't I don't know anything about anything oh uh, 
So here's here's a really cool thing. Uh, I mean, like if you get time to do this, Andy, you, sh- you really should. But I know you're like not really too interested in learning on your free time. But I think this would be very helpful for you if you want to learn more in the kitchen. Hmm. Is go watch a YouTube video about mother sauces. There's uh, five of them. And um, mother. Oh sauce. fuck! What was what was the guy's name? His name is uh, I think it's Escoffier. He is the one that figured out five mother sauces and you have a uh, tomato sauce you have espagnole which is a brown sauce you have velouté bechamel and hollandaise and those five sauces you can make a million sauces out of i'll give you a great example so bechamel the way to make bechamel all you need is just roux and milk or cream you know dairy mm-hmm. you mix that together and the roux thickens the uh the dairy for every four ounces of roux you have it thickens a quart of liquid what's roux roux is a combination of fat butter and flour it's an equal uh ratio to it's one to one so if you have two ounces of butter with two ounces of flour you now have four ounces of roux you know and that four ounces will create and thicken a quart of liquid which should get you the perfect consistency for making you know bechamel let's say uh it's a white sauce and What's crazy is you can do different things with it. So once you have bechamel, like you taste it, it's pretty, it just tastes like bechamel. I don't explain it. It's just it's very <laughs> dairy. It's not flat, but it's just like, oh, this is pretty good though. Mm. But to change it, you can change it into Mornay sauce by adding cheese to it, which most people do that. And you can take Mornay and use that for like mac and cheese. How you have sauce for your mac and cheese. Or, or for instance, you can take bechamel, which is the base, you know, like I said, just ruined dairy. And if you add in a little bit of pasta water, some Parmesan, some black pepper, you now have a Alfredo. And the same thing happens with like, uh, like I said, hollandaise is one of the mother sauces. Hollandaise is only egg yolk. There's no egg whites in it. And then clarified butter. I would say hollandaise is probably the hardest of the five mother sauces to make. But when you have hollandaise, you can actually turn that into... Bernays sauce, which Bernays has, I want to say it's like shallots and like some sort of red wine reduction. And oh fuck, I can't remember if it's poppy seeds or black pepper or something, but it just changes the sauce completely. So it's really interesting. But like I said, you can go through every single sauce and I think it's on Google. Probably you probably type in like mother sauce tree and it'll give you all the five mother sauces and then all the other sauces that can stem off of that one sauce. It's absolutely crazy. That's actually some good advice because like I know... Whenever we we did like a few meal kits, mm-hmm. we had like a coupon or something and did, you know, those meal kit things. And the one thing I noticed was the thing that I never do in my own cooking was I never make sauces, right? Mm-hmm. And I noticed like that was always the thing that just sort of connected the meal. It's just like, well, you just have some meat and it's on top mm-hmm. of some noodles, but then they teach you a little fucking Dude. cream sauce to put on it. And then yeah. that's what makes it feel like, oh, it's a meal now yeah. because there's a sauce. Uh, there's like a steakhouse place over here. I think it was our anniversary or something. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get fucking steak. I never do because I never have any money. Uh-huh. And so I don't like meals that cost like fucking $40 for one person. You know, like I'm the, I, I always get burgers. Yeah. Because burgers are, you know, like the cheapest thing. Yeah, hell yeah. And my favorite thing as well. But so I got a steak and it had like a garlic sort of cream sauce. Mm. And I was like, oh, I want to learn how to make that. And so I got Chad GPT to tell me how to do it yeah. after I fried the steak. What do you call it when you sort of put water into where you fried the, the food and it sort of... You oh, know, like deglazing the pan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, deglaze with some cream and some garlic yeah. and then sort of fried that up. And then it like thickened into like this really tasty oh, mushrooms. And I added mushroom. It was a mushroom cream and then the deglazed pan of the meat I just cooked with some garlic or something. Yeah. And it was fucking great. I was like, this is pretty good. And it was fucking Chad GPT told me how to do it. That's pretty sick. That sounds awesome. I'd love to say that. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, just fucking mushrooms and garlic. Like, but it's not that it was that good. It was just that eating food with sauce just yeah. makes you feel like, yeah. ooh, ha-ha, sauce. Dude, you know? No, yeah, exactly. So that's one thing I, I think I would, I should challenge you to is you should um, go buy a fucking a, a thing of like Prego Alfredo sauce or something. You're just pre-made Alfredo. Mm. Do that, and then I could literally send you a recipe for like how to make Alfredo sauce, and uh, you know it'll, it'll teach you how to make bechamel as well. I always find the canned stuff though. Like whenever I make Alfredo myself, yeah, I mean it's literally just like cream and parmesan and some fucking garlic I cut up. Yeah. But to me, it still has way more flavor. Like, when I buy the stuff in the jar, it's always just kind of bland. I always feel like, yeah. I'll get the jarred stuff, because that'll save me some time, and then when I make it, it's yeah. like, this shit doesn't have any taste. Like, the shit I make has more taste, but it's work. I feel you on that. And, uh, but yeah, compare the two, yeah. It's mind-blowing how much of a difference it can make. There are some good things out there that are canned, I would say. In the pizza sauce world, I- I've honestly... I've never come across a pizza restaurant that makes fresh sauce yet. I've always wanted to. I'm sure there is somewhere out there if I digged hard enough, especially in New York, I'm sure there is. But out here in Seattle, I noticed like all the pizza places use canned sauce. And um, some of the canned sauces are pretty good. Depends on, on where they're coming from. But I get the pizza place probably has like they get it delivered in big fucking bags, probably, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're probably not opening cans for like every pizza. There's like a million no, cans. No, in the no, back. actually, yeah. I used to work at a pizza place and um, you get big, uh, I think they're called number 12 cans, I want to say. They're fucking massive. They're like, <laughs> yeah, they're huge. They're fucking fat. And um, at least a gallon each, I want to say. Would it just take like a, just a minute to work the <laughs> around the perimeter yeah. of the can yeah. with the can open? Yeah, yeah, I was trying to think. Yeah, it's probably at least a gallon. They're pretty big. Well, look, man, I'll tell you what else is big. Is, uh, nah, that's fucking dumb. Let's listen to some more music. <laughs> I don't know what this is. San Just Fever? San Just, what, how do I say this word? Oh, oh, San Just Fever, yeah. It's like literally the Spanish Miami Vice. It's funny. So let's go to that. Yeah, I guess you did some scoring for this. Uh, it's like a web series. Is San Just Fever, uh, Michael Weber's score and Lost Tracks. And I want to listen to this track, which is called Product. And then in brackets, lost track. And you can explain that to me after we listen to it. So this is uh, yeah. this is product by Michael Weber.
And that was Product by Michael Weber from the Sant Just Fever album, which is music for a web series. Is that correct? Uh, I would say yes and no. Ooh. <laughs> like, you are correct, but also, I believe it got aired on TV in Spain for, mm. like, a week or something. I know they sent me videos of it on their TVs, and, like, there's all these uh, Spanish people saying <laughs> Spaniards. Sorry, sorry I, I was trying to think of the correct term. I'm like... Is it Spanish people or Spaniards? I can't remember. I think Spanish people's fine. I just love the idea that just like they sent me this video and there was these Spanish people. Oh, sorry. No, I was trying to think of people from Spain. Just, mm-hmm. Yes. People living in Spain. Yeah, yeah. I got you. They sent me videos of like their TVs and it has like the show playing and I'm just like, that's crazy. Like, what the fuck? That's pretty cool that I made music for a TV show, I guess. And what the hell is this? It's a lost track. Did they not use it? Yeah. So basically there was like several tracks I sent over to them. And I scored some scenes, and there's some tracks I made that never just fit into where they wanted. So the lost tracks, I just threw it on there just to, you know, get something else for people to listen to. Just something tiny, you know, just a little tiny release just for fun, you know. And but um, it's a pretty interesting show. It's all in, uh, I want to say it's called Catalan, which is like a dialect or something. Or It's not Spanish, but it is kind of like Spanish. Oh my God, I, like- I think I've literally had this conversation with Max Thor about the different fucking Spanish dialects and I do not remember that conversation <laughs> but I'm sure it was good <laughs> no it's okay can I ask you another cooking question dude you can ask me any cooking question you want well here's the thing I've, I've been having difficulty with my whole life yeah I want to make spaghetti bolognese like a nice meat sauce that tastes like the fucking restaurant mm-hmm. but for some reason whenever I make fucking pasta it always turns out the same no matter how like again it's like a skill level thing where yeah. I, I, no matter what spice I seem to add everything just has this kind of non-taste to it yeah. and I'm always like how the fuck did what, cause in the restaurant they must be cooking like some giant pot of it that just fucking sits there yeah. and I don't know if that's what I have to do in order to get that flavor like I just have to have a pot going for like four days no bolognese i would say what it's usually consisted of like you'll want to find tomato sauce usually chunky i would say some of the game changer things you can do to it make your own italian sausage i'll have to remember recipe but i know it's like fennel seeds italian seasoning red pepper flakes you know mix that all into your pork sausage and then cook that shit off and then you have your own italian sausage and i believe it's what's white wine that goes into bolognese i want to say but yeah dude I feel you on that. Yeah, I don't think you have to cook a whole lot of it. Just I'm sure there's a recipe out there where you can, you know, fraction it down or break it down to a smaller portion. God, math. I like because I look. I, I watch some videos and it's weird. Like I'll sort of follow along and then I'll be all excited. I'm like, oh, this time I did a fucking recipe from fucking the internet yeah. or whatever. And then it just tastes exactly like all the other shit I always make. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? It's like something about maybe I'm just using really cheap meat. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know what kind of meat you're using either. I know usually, like I said, ground pork usually I think it is. Why ground pork over ground beef? In my opinion, pork is more flavorful for Italian sauces, you know, tomato sauce, bolognese sauce, whatever sauce you're making. Um, Because pork naturally has more salt in it. That's why if you eat too much pork, you usually get high blood pressure. So salt tends to transfer over to, you know, more flavor. Obviously, there's a thing as too much salt, but I think pork is more flavorful than beef. You can still make beef flavorful. So maybe that's something you should change up and try is try pork sausage instead of ground beef sausage or whatever, you know. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm using this as an opportunity now to fucking uh, up my cooking game. 
dude, yeah, pick my brain. I don't know everything. I don't know fucking everything. Well, that's hey, man, going to culinary school is uh, yeah. a million steps ahead of me. I just fucking make the same shit, and yeah. but I've I've always been like a meat overcooker. I did buy a meat thermometer the other day mm. because I never trust meat is cooked. I don't know why. Oh, so I always cook things too much. Like I'm that guy, and sort of like ah, I should have yeah stopped this five minutes ago or whatever. Yeah. So I got a meat thermometer and I got like a cheap one on Amazon, and it fucking broke the second I took it out of the box. <laughs> the end of the probe part, you know, like the metal yeah. pointy part, it had like a little rubber protector on it. Yeah. And so I went to pull the rubber protector on and then just fucking yanked the whole metal rod like out of the fucking thing with all the wires and stuff. Yeah. And so I'm like, what the fuck? So I sent it back to Amazon and I guess they have some new service. A guy came and picked it up. What? I didn't have to put it in a box. Dude, that's, that's rad. Yeah, man. We're living in the future, man. I know. It's really embarrassing to return an item that cost $9, but yeah. I did it oh, anyway. Uh, a couple things. <laughs> uh, going, going back to the freaking Italian sausage yeah. for your bolognese, if you don't like pork too much, you could probably try it like a... A, a ratio like maybe try 50 percent beef 50 percent pork or lower it or raise it whatever ratio oh, i got no want. problems with eating the pork man yeah i started doing bacon in my air fryer and like i, I just cook everything in there man. Uh, oh all- another thing with beef i don't like beef because i think it's too chewy i think pork is much softer once cooked it's, it, it really will fall apart in your mouth especially in a sauce but going to cooking with thermometers i used to be that guy too i used to always use thermometers and like I don't mean to toot my own horn now, but like fuck, dude. Like I feel like I'm so pro at cooking meats. You got like the meat sense. Yeah, at first it used to scare me too. Like well, I remember when I got put on broiler station in school, and you're like touching the fucking steak, and you're like trying to figure out like, oh, is this rare or medium rare or is this well? What the fuck is this? And like you eventually figure it out. It's weird. It's like when you have your aha moment. It's like oh, I get this. Oh, have you ever seen one of my favorite YouTube videos? And it makes me laugh whenever I watch it. It's a guy in a college and he, they're sort of filming him with a camera and he's sort of talking to the camera doing a training of how to cook a burger and it goes on for like 10 minutes where he's like getting the meat ready and he makes this really thick burger he's like you know you want to cook it you know for this long and it shows him frying him up and he, it seems like he doesn't cook it long enough <laughs> and then when he does the fucking display at the end he cuts into the burger and it's so undercooked uh-huh. it's the funniest <laughs> fucking video because he still has the confidence of saying like yeah and there you go just cut in and just see that oh that's great he literally <laughs> squeezes it and like oh, water my. just squirts out of the center of the burger with oh, like just so disgusting. pink meat like just sort of like oozing out of the middle of it oh man that's so disgusting it is gross but it's funny because he's so confident when he's just like this is how you do it and then when he just cuts into it it's so clearly not cooked Ugh. that it's like it's a joke video that you just watched this explanation for like 10 minutes and it's it was oh, leading to a joke it's awesome yeah. It's, <laughs> you gotta send that to me I'd love to watch that it's fucking awesome I think my favorite food video is uh, the guy's name is Chef Merrill I think he's a young adult but he's just like oh god it's so good and he's just mm, mm, and he's like fucking dude it's so fucking funny <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna send that to you because it's literally so funny yeah I started watching uh, these two guys with Down Syndrome in Australia and they do like cooking videos oh is that downright delicious if it's not it's another Down Syndrome pun it's like getting down oh. with so and so or something yeah, whatever dude, their name is I, fo- I follow downright delicious and that guy's fucking hilarious yeah I think it's getting down with Sean and something like it's their names yeah I just love <laughs> anytime <laughs> people come up with any fucking Down Syndrome show oh that has- wait is that the one where they're like get the wooden spoon yes 
Yes, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 and then I, he I, comes I back with the plastic that. spoon, and he gets mad yeah. because yeah, fuck no, dude, I love, yeah, I follow that one too. I love, I love watching them. It's adorable, you know, because TikTok is just <laughs> full of so much shit that it's awesome just watching like nice, heartwarming, sweet videos of just people yeah, just, just cooking and saying funny shit and like looking at the camera funny. Yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, look, I want to listen to some more music, so let's move ahead here. In December of 2020, you did an album of video game covers. So let's listen to a video game cover, all right? And uh, we're going to do Chemical Plant Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog 2. This is a classic, and uh, this is the this is the one that's got the Michael Weber stamp of approval because he made this. So let's listen. <laughs> this is fucking uh, Michael Weber's cover of Chemical Plant Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog 2. was Chemical Plant Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog 2, a cover by Michael Weber. I'm here with Michael right now. We're talking about mother sauces. We're talking about number 12 cans, cooking, pork sausage. Hell yeah. So that's what's going on. So hey, we should probably talk about this because I'm actually, we're recording this like I, I mentioned this to you off air, but uh, I don't have any interviews scheduled until like second week November and I realized like, oh fuck, I did like a Halloween show and there's going to be this gap. And I said, you know what? I'll do a, a show real fast. I'll record with Michael Weber and I'll release it in a few days. So we're actually recording, what, like an hour before you have to pick up Betamax and Phaserland from the airport or something? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got to pick them up in about two to three hours. Yeah. So that's exciting. So there's a show happening tomorrow, right? Yeah, we're having a show in Seattle at a venue called Substation. Phaserland is headlining. It's his first time ever in Seattle, and it's Nick's, I think, third time. And you're responsible for collecting these men. Yes, I am. (laughs) Picking them up, all their gear, everything. Taking them to our Airbnb. So is this near where you live or you have to go to the airbnb too to be closer to the venue or what's going on yeah so i got us all an airbnb like literally down the street from the venue so we're not far so we don't have to drive far or go far the airport's like i want to say like 20 minutes away i live outside of seattle i live in, I live in what's known as like greater seattle area sure 
You know, it's like California has Napa Valley. We got Maple Valley. Is that a nice place? Yeah, it's pretty beautiful here. Oh, especially right now with the maple trees and shit like that. And they're changing color from like green to red to yellow. And like, it's really pretty to see, you know. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm like 25, 30 minutes southeast of Seattle. Is it one of those situations where just like the rent is so expensive in Seattle that like everyone commutes? Rent is insane in Seattle. Yeah. Oh my God. Fuck, it's, it's scary. Rent, rent out here too is kind of scary luckily though uh, i do live fortunately with my grandparents and they're very kind and nice to allow me to stay here and you know it's nice to be around and have family yeah. around to help out and yeah. stuff too or like, hey mike yeah can you replace the toilet downstairs hey mike <laughs> we're getting rid of our oil furnace and we're putting in an electric one mm-hmm. there's a big dirt hole in the ground where old one was and I had, I had to go with my grandma and get a bunch of gravel and fill it fill it in for you know so because she obviously can't you take for granted when you're living in a house and all the walls are like plastered over and everything looks nice yeah it's always weird when you like go underneath or like see dirt or something you're just like oh yeah like Dude, this thing yeah. is just built on a fucking hill like it's weird because you never see that yeah and then whenever like so there's some construction or a renovation or something happening when you see the side of the house and all of a sudden you see like just like the wood beams and like the dirt and yeah. it's just like oh yeah like it is just that is what it is yeah i agree yeah no it's interesting especially my house is old as shit mm. i assume you've watched stranger things what um, the fuck is that <laughs> my house i swear to god looks like something out of stranger things i should take a picture and show you just very uh very retro 70s and we even have this big ass antenna on the top of our house too and it just adds even more to the aesthetic it's not i mean in use anymore we can't use it but it looks cool. We've just kept it on the house. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> well, I guess you can like you can cook for them too, right? Do you do the cooking? My grandma mostly cooks for like her and my grandpa and my mom. They don't want uh, they don't want the fancy food. I cook for them every once in a while. I know I cooked them steak one time, and they're like, "Fuck, <laughs> like goddamn," you know, like this is amazing, Mike. Like I know I make my mom ramen all the time, and she's just like, "God," like she'll come home and she'll be like, "Can you make ramen tonight?" And I'm like, "No, I don't have time. I'm sorry. I'm actually in a cook." competition in almost a week in seattle don't get tonsillitis no not this time i want you i want you to win this one no (laughs) (laughs) i don't want you getting ko'd at this fucking (laughs) cooking competition no no this competition though yeah it's almost a week away it's a week from monday but my mom though she's been tasting everything i've been doing for it she's just like fuck you know like this is awesome you know so she's she's usually one of my my tasters because she's very honest she'll she'll be like she'll tell you something sucks straight up which I'm very appreciative of how blunt she is. Are you telling me your mom actually says the F word when she talks about the food? Yeah, she says fuck all the time. Dude, I'm not even joking. I'll walk in the house and she'll be like, what's up, bitch? You know, like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, or the the best one is, the best one too, she'll be like, what's up, slut? Like, right at me. I'm just like... I'm not fucking joking, dude. Uh, your I mom sounds mom. awesome. Yeah, she's a red mom. She's she's the kind of mom when my friends would come over as kids, we'd all be saying fuck, shit, ass, bitch, you know? I love those words. And then my friends would be like, fuck, your mom's so cool. Can I come over like anytime? I'm like, yeah. Because <laughs> obviously not, they're not allowed to say that at their house, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's so funny because like I'd go over to my friend's house and then like uh, obviously I'd, be, I'd do really good behavior. I wouldn't swear anything or, you know. <laughs> I always remember my friend's parents always being like, oh my god we love michael he's so nice he'd come over anytime my mom's just like like wow you didn't fucking swear around them or anything like just like surprised that you know they're just like wow mike's such a great kid even though i was a great kid well see that's (laughs) the thing like when when you have just even basic civility yeah it really goes a long way 
Because, I mean, like, I know, like, yeah. one of my buddies, probably the one who got into the most trouble, most drugs and all this stuff, but he was always super polite around, like, adults. Yeah. And my grandma always, like, loved him the most. She would always be like, yeah. oh, I really like that friend. You know, he's got, like, a good smile. But, like, I always just knew, like, yeah, he's, like, the worst one of all. Yeah, he turns and looks at you. Yeah. Yeah, he's, like, hugging your grandma or your <laughs> yeah. mom and turns and looks at you, gives you that gives you that fucking thriller stare, you know, <laughs> at the very end of thriller. Just, like... <laughs> Sometimes it's, like, so much harder for people who, like, don't have the common politeness. Yeah. And then, like, when shit goes bad for them and it's just like oh fucking everything sucks i'm like dude like sometimes you, you can get by so much with people just by being friendly and like mm-hmm. i'm always polite on the phone it's always like a surprise when you like talk to customer service because i think they just get yelled at so much yeah that like when when you finally like they talk to somebody who's just pleasant yep you just kind of can get what you want you know like if you're yep. nice because everyone's a fucking piece of shit i agree do you like sonic the hedgehog too oh yeah i do i love sonic the hedgehog too I've always loved Sonic. I had a Sega Genesis. I I liked Chemical Plant Zone. That was like... Honestly, I hate the level, but I love it at the same time, you know? Yeah, sometimes the music in old games would power me through some situations that were... Yeah, I think it's part two of it. There's a part where you gotta, like, jump through, like, purpley water Yeah, and the fucking rotating stupid things, and if you slip and 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 get squished... I just just end up fucking drowning every time. Like, I can't do it. I remember I went on a date one time with this one girl, and she was telling me about how she could get through it, and I'm like... I don't believe you. Like, this is such a hard <laughs> a hard part of the game for me. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's also intense, too, because I think Sonic the Hedgehog might have the most intense, like, time is running out music. Yeah, it's like... Dun, 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 yeah, dun, dun, dude, and, yeah, like, especially you're about to drown. They timed that music in such a way where you do have, like, an extra second when the music sort of stops, but, like, it never feels like you do. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's so stressful, like, trying to get that fucking air bubble. And if it, Anyway, Sonic, that's... Uh, <laughs> Yep. Sonic is funny. It's the old games, like, they're all based on speed, but yet there are so many obstacles. And it's really funny that the whole game is all about this this hedgehog that can go really fast. And then the majority of the game is you have to keep stopping and starting all the time. Yeah. To, like, you start running, but you stop, and you got to fucking do a little yeah. stupid jump on this thing. And Bullshit. And it's, it's a funny... Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Stupid. Hey, how do you pronounce this word? You have a new album you just dropped yesterday? Oh, yeah. I think there's two ways to say it. I'd say the correct way of saying it, I've heard more online from actual Japanese people, is omakase. 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 I would say Americans say omakase. It almost sounds like a Spanish word more than a Japanese word when they say it. But, yeah, that's how you say it. So how about this? Let's listen to... uh a track from this album and then we'll we'll wind down so go for it you already have someone who's left a comment oh i think it was lisa yeah lisa lisa de jong and lisa de jong says michael weber is back baby absolutely fantastic album from start to finish love the japanese influences mixed in and a dash of italo while still staying true to himself the music sounds familiar yet fresh great mixing and mastering as well as you can expect from mr weber sounds Sounds wonderful and clear. It's impossible to sit still while listening to this one. Just close your eyes and imagine catching every bite that the chef's making for you and throwing your way. Sushi Wave is now a thing. And uh, listen, I'll tell you one thing. Whatever Lisa DeJong likes, I like. <laughs> so her favorite track is Shibui. Is that how you say that word? Yeah, I would agree. That's how you say it, Shibui. So this is uh, Shibui from Omakase by Michael Weber.
And that was Michael Weber with the track, oh, no, that's from the album Omakase. The track was Shibui. Uh, this is a sushi-themed album, is that correct? Yeah. I've been trying to scour the internet for people that do food albums, and I, I don't, I can't really find anything. <laughs> you know? It's not, like, you know, it's like, dude, yeah, it's stupid, but funny. But, you know, at the same time, I think it is kind of stupid. I, you know, I, you don't ever think about people making an album about food, but, you know, this felt very right to make. <laughs> I like the idea of scouring the web for it. Yeah. I scour the web for porn, so like what you're doing is better oh, than what I'm doing. Really? <laughs> dude, dude, if you go to this website, oh, I don't know if I should say it now. <laughs> Pornhub, heard of it? <laughs> no, no, no. If you go to this site, you can see a cute little hamster. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I don't want to type that in. Is that the one with the three old guys? <laughs> no, no, no. Xhamster.com, I believe, is just a, just a straight up porn site. But uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that meme. It's like oh, it's a picture okay. of a cute hamster or something. It's like, you want to see pictures of cute hamsters? like this like <laughs> go to xhamster.com and it's true just, just yeah no, I've, I've been on the internet like, for too long so like yeah. pretty much if you type in fucking porn in any word yeah. there will be a site that just has that word in the thing like this is fucking whatever I, 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 I won't even make a joke because I will be talking about a real website <laughs> like even if I make something <laughs> up right now and go like yeah, it's literally. fucking uh, fucking literally. rabbit tube and it'll be like actually that's a real thing like fuck so oh, yeah. I bet you that is a fucking real thing fuck me oh i bet but going back to yes please i actually wanted to make an album about food for a long while during culinary school i was debating on it i came up with a title for an album called digital dining because do you know what a pos system is not a piece of shit system but a pos system in a restaurant then no i don't okay i know piece of shit systems (laughs) like that fucking band teacher years (laughs) exactly Mm. fuck him but a POS system is, you know, a point of sale system. The server comes up to the table and they got the little tablet in their hand. And they're tapping in everything they need. Uh, well, when I was in school, there's actually a, a the, the POS system we have there. It's called digital dining. And it's so like retro and 80s, 90s looking. And I'm like, fuck, that'd be a sick album title. And I always like was thinking like, oh, I should create an album called digital dining. And I like I even made album artwork for it on my computer. But I wasn't happy with it. I wasn't happy with the music. And then I just was like, ah, I'm just going to put this on the shelf, you know? And then after becoming a sushi chef, I started coming home much happier. And But, like, I, I get a lot of beats in my head, and I'll come home, and I'll, I'll write it down. And then I'll do that a few hundred times until I get, you know, something that I'm happy with. Do you like sushi, or is this sort of a job that you sort of fell oh, into? No. Or were you, like, actively no, trying? I love sushi. Okay. That's one big thing about me and Betamax, Nick. That's like something we bond over. We always go out to sushi every time we see each other. We love sushi. I love sushi. And one of the song titles on, on my um, new album, uh, Tataki, is actually a type of sushi. It's, it, it's just, it's tuna, but it tends to be usually seared tuna with like sesame seeds. And like sometimes people put togarashi on it and um, sear the fuck out of it. Then, you know, usually slice it up and put it on rice for nigiri. Oh, God, it's so good. But (laughs) I love sushi. I like both raw and cooked. I don't don't discriminate here. So, like, you actively were like, I want to work at a sushi place? Like, this was a mission of yours? Yeah, it it definitely was. But if you work there, does that make you, do you get sick of it? Because you're, like, around it all day? Dude, no. I think I just texted Nick this the other day, and it, like, hit me. And I've been there for almost a year now, and I'm like, I could eat fucking sushi every day, dude. I just realized it for some reason. Like, I can eat this every day, and I'm not sick of it. Nice. I'm like that with burgers. I could eat burgers every day. When I worked at a pizza place, I got so sick of pizza. Sure. I was like, I don't want pizza for the rest of my life, you know? Yeah, that makes sense to me. I like pizza, but like, for me, a burger has 
there's like kind of a meal in it, you know, like there's sort of, yeah. there's tomatoes and lettuce, so it's kind of uh-huh. got vegetables in there and a bread and a tasty yeah. meat. So I, f- I feel like it has more longevity than a, than a pizza, mm-hmm. but maybe there's an Italian right now. Get, Vincenzo Salvia is going to get all pissed off <laughs> oh, at me because I suggested that. Come stab me with a fucking rolling pin, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what do Italians stab people with? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you a gamer? Do you like to game in your spare time? I don't game as much as I used to when I was younger. I do still game. I've been on this weird World of Warcraft addiction for like a couple months, and then I stopped playing like a couple weeks ago because I've been so busy with life. I've been really wanting to pick up my Nintendo Switch lately, but I just don't have time. I'm obsessed with Zelda. I love Zelda, dude. That's like my favorite game ever. I just picked up the new Mario game. Oh, yeah. It, it is actually really good. Like, I know a lot of the reviewers are saying it's really good. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been doing these weird side-scrolling, like the new Super Mario ones. They made like four or five of them. Like, it was on the Nintendo DS, and it was on the Wii, and then there was like the Wii U, mm-hmm. and the Switch one was the yeah. Wii U one remastered, whatever. But they all have this sort of boring kind of art style and very generic. And this is the first Mario I've played in a while that it does feel like kind of fresh just it's weird they keep on introducing new bad guys and they have weird abilities and then you touch the wonder flower and then like it becomes like a drug trip and then like the level morphs and it's never the same yeah. So it's kind of fun every time you get to a new level. Like there's one where you just touch the wonder flower and then all of a sudden you're running through a thing of piranha plants, but they're singing. Yeah, you're just tripping balls. It's not like super hard, but it does have this sense of like, I wish they did more interesting things with Mario. Like, cause it does feel kind of newer than these sort of generic ones they've been putting out, even though I buy those too, cause I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> but whatever. And Zelda's good too. No, yeah, I love Zelda. I was playing the new one and then it just made me nostalgic for N64. So I got a fancy controller and yeah. then just... Just played uh, <laughs> Ocarina of Time again. <laughs> yeah, Ocarina of Time is my favorite one. Well, it's, it, like, it's the best. That one's the most nostalgic to me. It gives me a lot of memories of my uncle. He actually died, was it last year? Yeah, it was last year in February. Oh, sorry to hear that, man. No, it's all cool. But he introduced me to what N64 was. Ocarina of Time was like literally the first game he ever showed me. So I have a big place in my heart for that game. Like, Did he swear like your mom does? Oh, yeah. So we were playing Ocarina of Time and I was watching him because I didn't really understand how to play. And he was like walking me through it. You know, he had the controller and, and, and I didn't really know how to read at the time either. So he'd read everything to me when characters were talking. And you get to that part as young Link where you're in Zora's domain and you got to move King Zora. You know, you got to get the little message in a bottle and give it to him. Yeah. For some reason, I think he forgot had to do it and he was like looking around but he kept saying like you know how the fuck we move his fat ass out of the way or some <laughs> shit you know like <laughs> and he kept saying that to me as a kid and I thought it was so funny I think that was the first time I ever swore because I was like yeah let's get his fat ass out of the way <laughs> and my, my I remember my mom was like this is funny she didn't care she was like this is awesome <laughs> oh that's cool that you have that that connection then to your uncle too because yeah. that game is I mean it's it that might even be my favorite game yeah I think and I, I think about it a lot in terms of why dude you know what I mean because I'll play newer Zeldas yeah and like there's a lot to like about them they, they, they play very smoothly and they look nice but I always go back to thinking about Ocarina of Time and just like how it's epic and the scope and the story of the game feels big but then the world is like a fraction of the size of like these yeah. newer ones but it's still 
feels yeah you know the storyline of that yeah, is just so powerful it's so fucking moving i think also it's because it feels the most important to me yeah of all the zeldas because it also contains like the creation myth of the universe in it oh yeah yeah so it it gives that game a weight that the other ones don't so even when people try and make a big deal of like the later zeldas where but this is where the master sword was created and blah blah i'm like who gives a fuck like ocarina of time yeah. shows you how the universe was fucking created yeah it's fucking awesome yeah <laughs> I remember I had a friend in high school tell me that Ocarina of Time fucking sucked or something. And I was like, you fucking. <laughs> then that's not your friend. You motherfucker. <laughs> like, you fucking take that back right now. I'm going to fucking, you know. I think Majora's Mask is great as well, but Ocarina, I like better, but. Yeah, yeah I agree as well. Majora's Mask is, yeah, I would say is a good, maybe second or third for me because uh, I actually really liked it, whereas a lot of people hated it. I thought it was fucking awesome. To me, it's like Ocarina of Time's. Too, in, a, in a way like it's like it's like they made a whole second game but different it's like fuck yes I love this in a way that's kind of what this Mario game reminds me of like it's yeah. not I mean tonally it's in no way like Majora's Mask yeah but what I like about Majora's Mask is how weird it is yeah and it's neat when Nintendo will make a game that surprises you with just like what an odd game like it's just everything's weird about it still to this day yeah that game Ocarina of Time and Majora's Math Bolts, there's some parts of it that do still creep me out to this day. Like, I have a hard time getting through some of the parts of it. I'm like, ah, it kind of scares me. Deep down, I'm just like, ah, I don't like this. There's two parts of Majora's Mask that I still, like, I think about a lot, too, in terms of just how they make me feel. And one is fucking Dawn of the Last Day or whatever. Yeah. When, like, everyone evacuates the town and it's playing that music. It's so dark. The last five minutes yeah. before the, as the timer goes down. It, yeah. The music is really atmospheric and it's just really evocative and the moon is so close. Yeah. And then you run through that thing and go back in time. That, to me, I've always loved the mood of that. And the mood, when you get to the end of the game, you sort of travel to a weird dimension where there's just a single tree in, like, the center of a, a field. Uh-huh. And it's just, you just hear the wind. And, like, Creepy. that's where you see, like, the skull kid just sitting by the tree. Yeah. And I've always loved that. Dude, on my the video game cover on my did, I did, like, two or three Zelda songs. I just fucking love that game. Fucking love that game. Yeah, it's special. Like, they're both special. Like, that era made some some special games. Yeah, especially N64 in general is literally my favorite console. I actually have my N64 box from when I was a kid up on my wall still. Nice. <laughs> I sold mine, uh, like, a few years ago. I was, like, selling things, even though it's hilarious, because I talk about GoldenEye all the time. Like, a lot of my favorite games oh. are from that era. Yeah. I think my first one I sold, because I never had any money, so I would try and leverage, like, I go, oh, if I sell my N64 and all the games, I can buy the Donkey Kong edition so I could get Donkey Kong 64 and a expansion pack yeah because it, it was all bundled into one thing yeah yeah eventually i had like the green n64 that came with donkey kong oh that's sick so that i could have the expansion pack for when perfect dark came out yeah and um i sold it i sold it all damn it's all gone i still have all my stuff yeah that's one console i told myself i would never sell or get yeah. rid of like, <laughs> it's got too much sentimental value like i won't ever give that up but n64 yeah i also love kirby on the N64, the Kirby Dream Shards or whatever it is. Kirby, yeah. That fucking game is so much fun. Yeah, it was a great time for games, man. And now, it's a great time for music, okay? <laughs> so let's uh, <laughs> let's listen to one more track, and then we'll uh, wind down since we've been uh, talking for a while. So how about we listen to the titular track from this album? This is Omakase by Michael Weber. <laughs>
And that was Omakase by Michael Weber. And uh, I'm here with Michael Weber right now. And uh, we're talking about, uh, what, N64 and uh, Zelda. Yeah. Going back to Zelda, though, another, I would say Ocarina of Time is number one to me. I feel like there's a, a tie for two. It's either Wind Waker or Vajora's Mask for me. Like, those two are so fucking good. Yes, because, I mean, I'm, I'm older than you, so I was one of those people who was really disappointed by the announcement of Wind Waker. Because, yeah. like, when they first showed the footage, was like, what the fuck is this art style? Yeah. And, like, it pissed me off because I, because I remember seeing yeah. some demo. It's like, I wanted the realistic one. And now, looking back, I've said this before on the show, but, like, that game has aged so much better mm-hmm. than, like, some of the other ones. And when I go back yeah. and play play wind waker i think the music is great yeah the fucking characters are really expressive yeah. and like memorable yeah they did improve it a lot actually the wii u version actually made that yeah. game better they streamlined a few things and actually made it sort of i think an improvement on like the original gamecube one but like mm-hmm. it just they aged so much better like i don't i don't even really like the ones that came out after that much the sword one i i don't love i think it's fine oh skyward sword yeah i don't like the art style i think everyone look stupid like all the characters who are yeah. your friends like fucking one of them's called like Groose stupid fucking name yeah this one's controversial I don't like Twilight Princess you know, but you know what I don't either I wanted yeah. to and so that's when yeah it just went downhill for me i was like i don't like this it's the music and the atmosphere of that game because i remember like when i saw it when it came out it was like oh cool they're going back to the fucking more you know realistic style yeah but the music is really it's like off like the whole atmosphere of that game is weird yeah and it also felt closed in in a weird way it's like even though it's like open world it really felt like even when you were in the open world parts they were like these kind of closed off sections mm. that game just feels weird when i go back and play it I, yeah. d- I don't like the way it feels yeah i've only played about maybe 20 30 minutes of it i know the beginning where you're in like the starting village and i think you can like fish and stuff like that yeah i don't know something with it with it i just wasn't feeling it it's a really long intro as well that's kind of yeah. boring and it there's something unsatisfying about when it sort of breaks into the main game like i remember yeah. ocarina of time at first i didn't love it right away i remember like the first time i played it i didn't like the town like it was sort of bland these green brown colors right like when you're doing the deku tree stuff yeah but then when it opens up and then i saw the first sunset right like that that was the thing for me like with ocarina of time like when that sun went down but the sun came back up you hear the the rooster cry and then it starts like playing the music and i remember just being blown away yeah by this game that had a day to night cycle yeah it's so cool and the world the open world was so much more colorful than the, yeah. the town you start in and yeah the biggest thing to me that hits hard with ocarina of time is the music Oh, it's the best. Ocarina has the, the best. Music of, yeah, it's God tier. It's like, I, I, like it's so fucking amazing. My mom actually bought me for Christmas one year the, the soundtrack CD for Ocarina of Time. Nice. Back when I was a kid, and I, I fucking, I fucking ran that CD till it was fucking dead, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, dude, I like replayed freaking like every song a million times. I think it's the best one. Like, that's one of the main things that disappoints me about the new ones. Like, I played the new one, yeah, and I honestly put on classic zelda music over the yeah. speakers like on my iphone yeah and it made the yeah. game so much better the new one doesn't even have music it's like it's just like yeah weird yeah. getting into those new ones uh, like breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom i like them they're, they're okay i'm not really a giant fan of them i think breath of the wild's fun in some ways but i think it's too short of a game like i think it's stupid that your weapons degrade i hate that mm-hmm. and it's almost too big to me i miss zelda games like ocarina of time where there's 
dungeons and there's puzzles and like they kind of do that with the shrines or whatever but i feel like they get just so repetitive and it feels the same yeah another big issue i have is since you can do everything in any order i know they say that's like a selling point but then what happens is everything feels more repetitive because since you can beat like there's like the four main bosses in any order yeah it means they beating them doesn't necessarily advance the story in any way uh-huh. even though the bosses are different yeah it's the same thing every time especially in the new game it was the same every time you you get a friend yeah. you go to a cave they think they saw zelda's ghost then you go through the thing find out it wasn't zelda's ghost it's a boss but then that happens four separate times for each temple because you can do it in any <laughs> order and so like as a player, if you existed in this world, when you got to, like, the third temple with a third friend, oh, I saw Zelda's ghost. Be like, no, you didn't. Like, I've just done this twice. It's not Zelda. It's yeah. a fucking bad guy. So it's frustrating because it feels like the world isn't, like, responding to how you feel. Whereas, like, when you have a game that moves in order, like the old games, it just made more sense. It's like, yeah, now I got the hook shots, so and now I can go back here. Like, it feels like there's momentum, and the new games, it just doesn't feel like it's momentum. It's just sort of grinding yeah. and weird, repetitive story beats where, like, yeah. people say the same shit, and Zelda's voice is, like, way too melodramatic. Yeah. Yep. Oh, come and find me, Link. It's like, shut up. <laughs> but um, Breath of the Wild, it actually kind of reminds me of a game called Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one thing I don't like about it because you have to climb the beasts and go inside of them and shit and you know destroy them and i just it felt like it was like kind of like copy pasta of that and i was like i didn't like that's why i did not like about breath of the wild but coming down to like a tier list again uh like i said one number one is always going to be ocarina two is like majora's mask one waker three i want to say minish cap is actually really fucking good i don't know if you've ever played that one i've only played the first i got the cap and I got to the point where the cap would translate for me, the weird little elf guys. Yeah. I liked it. I just, I never played further. Like, honestly, our list is the yeah. same right now. Yeah. You know what I really liked? I never played it on the Game Boy, but I played the remake. Was the Zelda, the one where he winds up on the beach? Oh, Link's Awakening. That one, I did that too. I, I beat that one. I really on liked that game. Yeah. On, the, on the Switch. That game, that, yeah, I was going to say, that's a great one. It's so weird too. Like, I just like when they're weird. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to think as we get closer to wrapping this up. Yes. But like, <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking more of N64 games because obviously everybody knows about Zelda and, and I'm sure a lot of listeners and stuff like that and yourself know what zelda is but there's some obscure n64 games out there that people don't remember or they do remember but never played or they did play it for a moment but there's one in particular that i would also put on my like top three probably favorite games ever you know superman 64 no fuck that game <laughs> but um <laughs> fuck that game but um have you ever heard of gex yes gex enter the gecko for n64 is one of the funniest fucking games i've ever played in my life <laughs> Weren't they going to reboot that or something? Dude, I wish. I would just shut up and take my money. I would buy it so fast. I know it's about a gecko. He has a very James Bond kind of Austin Powers vibe. Mm. Literally, his one-liners to the whole game, the shit he says. Like, that game should be rated M, but it's I think it's rated teen, and it's so fucking funny. I know the cover of that game, but I've never played it. Dude. That's one game, yeah, I, I recommend you to play. Gex. It's, it, that's tricky, because like, when I don't have nostalgia attached to um, like an N64 game, uh-huh. when you play them, when you don't have a bit of nostalgia helping you through moments where the controls are horrible, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, games used to control like this. Yeah. The guy moves like a weird tank and like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Anyway, listen, you got to fucking go. You got to go pick up these dudes. Yeah, I actually got to go run to Guitar Center, too. I got to pick up a keyboard stand for Nick and a guitar stand for Ross. Shit, so, yeah, <laughs> you got a lot of errands to run. I'm not in too much of a rush, but, yeah, I definitely should get going. But, uh, listen, man, it was uh, fun to chat with you. Yeah. And uh, people should go check out the music of Michael Weber, which is spelled with yeah. one B, which is confusing, <laughs> because when I see it written, I want to say Weber. Oh, no, actually, what's really funny, in Utah, <laughs> sorry to keep this going, but in Utah, in Salt Lake City, there's a, a, a university, and it's called Weber State University. It's spelled with one B. It's spelled Weber. And for the longest time, I, I get I get people from whenever, yeah. Some people from Utah, when they see my name, they're like, oh, Michael Weber. And I'm like, no, it's Weber. And they're like, oh, I'm from Utah. And I'm like, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> That's always got to be the thing that follows. I mean, I always thought it was Weber, and I'm not from Utah. I'm just an idiot. <laughs> so look, have a good show tomorrow. And uh, no, thank you. have fun with uh, Betamax and Phaserland. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was nice chatting. Dude, hell yeah. And that was my conversation with Michael Weber. Hope you enjoyed that. I learned a lot about cooking, so now I've got to put it to the test. After we chatted, I researched some mother sauces, but then I got confused. But what I'm going to do tonight, I'm going to do an experiment tonight. I'm going to make some fish with a lemon butter sauce, which I believe is just a lemon juice reduction, and then you slowly add chunks of butter in on a not a super high heat so the butter doesn't burn or separate is my understanding, but we will see. We will see. I'll report next uh, episode how my butter sauce went. And that's all for today, so tune in next time. Keep on being cool, and always stay tuned to Beyond Synth, the best synth way chat show there is Beyond Synth Radio is produced by Andy Last check the show notes for more information on the musicians featured on the show Beyond Synth is made possible by listeners like you consider supporting Beyond Synth at patreon.com slash beyond synth thanks for listening <laughs>